Hey, Don, guess what? What? This is our 100th podcast. No way. Totally. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> so thank you for the idea of this podcast. My pleasure. For your incredible hard work doing all the glorious editing. Folks, you do not understand how much editing Don has to do to take away my asthmatic breathing and my If you hear an um, it's because there was no other way to cut that sucker out. <laughs> So I am not nearly as eloquent as Don makes me sound. It's incredible the work that you do. Thank you. It is an utter joy to sit down with you every week and have a conversation. <laughs> so folks, thank you for your support of the Church Basement podcast. Thank you for joining us week after week. If you would like to support this ministry or celebrate this ministry with us in any way, there's a couple ways you can do that. You could go to iTunes and leave a review. Please do. It will help other people find the podcast. You could check in on our website, centralportland.org, and click over to the podcast page and check through that, and that will give us some metrics to be able to actually measure, to be able to tell people that we have folks listening in. Mm-hmm. More than just our moms. <laughs> Which we love. Mm-hmm. And it'd be nice to know that you're out there. You can always email us at podcast at centralportland.org and let us know that you're listening. Send us suggestions for future podcasts or questions that you have. And as always, thank you so much for listening. It's wonderful to have you with us. And until we're in your ears, oh wait, we're going to be right now. Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is the ELW, otherwise known as our hymnal. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles and join us. I am Pastor Amanda Zenzelo, and it's my honor to serve at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, first off, I thought it was LBW and not ELW. <laughs> That's because it's changed. Oh, man. It changed in the last decade. Uh, well, it changed since I became a Lutheran. I do know that. You are accurate. So the first one that you referenced was the LBW, the Lutheran Book of Worship. Mm -hmm. And do you remember what color that one was? Oh, that was green. You're right. It was the green hymnal. And now we have, do you know, I say this on Sunday morning sometimes, and I don't know that people actually recognize why I'm saying it the way I do. You but say cranberry, right? Yep. It's the cranberry colored hymnal. Because the hymnal before the LBW was, it was red, wasn't it? Was the red hymnal. So we can't say the red Pick hymnal. a completely <laughs> different color, please. Let's <laughs> not confuse. Right? But then there's the blue. It could be the hymnal supplement. Oh, man. Or no, the blue one is the with one voice mm -hmm. that came out and was used a lot. The hymnal supplement was burgundy. Oh, okay. We're so many books beyond <laughs> what even I remember <laughs> in the Catholic Church. There were like no books. <laughs> so let's dial it back. Yep. What is the ELW? Well, the Evangelical Lutheran Book of Worship. It's been out for about 10 years now. Mm -hmm. And it is a hymnal that is used throughout the ELCA and includes liturgies and prayers and all kinds of resources within it. I feel like it's being misnamed when you call it just the hymnal, which is, I'm guessing, why it has such a hoity-toity fancy title beyond that. <laughs> Because there's more than just hymns in this thing, people. Totally. It's kind of like some people will be familiar with the Book of Common Prayer from okay. the Episcopalian tradition. And the Book of Common Prayer has a lot more in it in the sense of different prayers and different settings and ways to worship. 
You can find all of that in our hymnal as well. Okay. So it's not just hymns, although a large portion of the book is hymnody. Mm -hmm. And the way that we distinguish the different parts of the book, the front pages, the front matter, has small page numbers down at the bottom right and bottom left-hand side of the pages. Okay. And the hymn numbers are larger and on top of each piece of music. Okay. So once you get back into the hymnary, then it's all just the large numbers over top of the individual pieces of music. Okay. The front matter has the page numbers, and so you can refer a congregation to page number blah 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 mm-hmm. And that's in the very front of the hymnal. And there's also a whole section that is the Psalter. And that is the Psalms. And they actually didn't put page numbers on that the Psalter That seems at all. like a problem for right. somebody who's not as familiar. Right. It's rather difficult. So in our pews, what someone out there did was they marked, they put like a sticky tab note oh. at the beginning of where the Psalms are in each and every one of the hymnals that's in our pew. Helpful. And I'm going to say for those who are not as familiar with worship, it's because there typically is a psalm somewhere in the worship service. Totally. And we have in this congregation been printing that in our bulletin Mm -hmm. so people don't have to go to the hymnal. But part of the benefit of actually purchasing hymnals for the pews is that then you wouldn't have to print that information. Mm. And it saves on paper, it saves on ink, it saves on time for actually creating the bulletin. There's a flip side to that. And for the congregations that I've served where we didn't have the hymnal, we didn't own them, we printed everything in the bulletin every Sunday. And the benefit is, is that you don't have to flip around. Exactly. You don't have to go back and forth between a bulletin and a book. You're not juggling books. You're not juggling books. You're not juggling anything. You're just following straight through the liturgy in the bulletin that's in front of you. So there's pluses and minuses. A congregation like ours who really cares about creation conservation and worries about creating more paper use that we don't necessarily need, Uh it makes perfect sense to me that they put in the time and the effort to go ahead and purchase enough hymnals for all of the pews in the room. Sure. And are the Psalms the only thing that's actually duplicated from the Bible that is in the hymnal as well? It's a good question. I think it is. And it's because they're not exactly duplicated. Okay. They're slightly changed and then there are markings added to them. Oh, sure. That makes sense because the way they're often done in the service is a call and response. And with a chant tone. And that's the marking that you're going to find in the hymnal that you wouldn't find in the Bible. Exactly. Okay. For some of you who may have attended churches in the past, you may remember like a da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, right? That kind of a little tone thing that you sing the words of the psalm to. And there's like a comma over top of where you move the first time and then your three final notes and then you move to the next line. And it gives you a heads up as Mm -hmm. to what's happening. And the hymns Psalter is created in such a way that it will fit to those kind of tones more easily. Okay, we've noted a few colors. So how many versions have there been? That's a great question. It really goes back to also how many different flavors of Lutheran have there been. Oh, sure. Fair enough. So if you go back before the late 70s, you're going to find more denominations than the ELCA. You're going to find our predecessor bodies that ELC, the ALC, and the LCA. Okay. All of those alphabets mean something, but it's really not important right now. 
and each of them may have had their own hymnal in the late 70s when they were looking at merging into one denomination, which would become our denomination, they worked together to publish the green hymnal, the LBW. Okay. And then that became the corporate worship book. Since that time, then they published With One Voice, which was kind of a smaller supplement of some more contemporary kind of music. Okay. They published something called the Hymnal Supplement in 1991. They published several other hymnals. One of them was called This Far by Faith that is much more focused on the African-American tradition. Okay. And, Which is probably why I'm unfamiliar with it. And spiritual kind of songs, African-American spirituals, really great materials in that hymnal. And there's a Spanish-based hymnal that was oh, published sure. by Augsburg Fortress. So those hymnals have all come through. But the one that received the most attention and widespread adoption within our denomination is this Cranberry Hymnal, the ELW. So the ELW was published in 2006, which was a year and a half after I was ordained. Oh, okay. So it's been around through most of my ministry time. I used the LBW on internship and throughout all of seminary, and then we moved to the ELW. And it made a huge difference because the LBW was an okay resource. The hymns that were in it were okay. Uh -huh. But there were a lot of other hymns out there that had life and excitement to them that I liked to use. So I would pull from, on any given Sunday, I would pull from up to five different hymnals oh, wow. to get all the kind of depth and breadth of music that I was looking for and gave a benefit to actually just printing our bulletin mm -hmm. from cover to cover because then it didn't matter what hymnal it was from. And I could pull from all kinds of places. I just made sure we had the right copyright licensing to do that. And then... When the ELW came out, I was very pleasantly surprised to see pretty much eight out of ten of the hymns that I would want are all in this book already. Okay. And so there might be about 20% of hymns and pieces that are not represented in here that I would love to be using. But given that before it was the one out of ten that mm -hmm. I was going to the LBW for, I found this to be a fantastic new resource. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty good improvement. Yeah. So who gets to decide what's in it then? Is that the overarching body of the ELCA that chooses what goes in and what gets out? That's a really great question. Because it's a national book mm -hmm. and it you know, has to appeal across the wide variety of congregations that we have in our denomination across the country, it's something that took a lot of time. Oh, I can imagine. With a lot of people's hands in the pie. And there was a committee at Churchwide that had been appointed and did the studies and had the conversations and then accepted submissions for new materials and all of those pieces. And it was a part of the Churchwide, the national church's job to oversee this and to create this hymnal with everyone's input. Okay. In addition to the hymnal, they put out a whole bunch of supplementary additional material. Okay. So it's not just a hymnal that gets created when we do this. There's also the presider's manual. Okay. And that has everything that the presider will need. So it has... So you have a slightly different version of this is what you're saying. There's a version that's bigger, mm -hmm. <laughs> thicker, and gray. That's the presider's manual. And that has... The stuff that only I need. Okay. So the proper prefaces for before communion, the little bit that I say between like 
as a group, we all say the Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It's right to give God thanks and praise. Mm -hmm. And then I talk for a minute. Mm -hmm. And then we all sing the holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Okay. So that talking for a little bit is called the proper preface. And proper means for the day, appropriate for the day. And so any of the propers throughout the whole service are set speakings for the day. So the proper preface will be a setting for uh, regular Sundays after Pentecost. Then there will be an Easter proper preface. There's an All Saints Day proper preface, all that kind of piece. The congregation doesn't need that. No. They don't need to print all eight or ten of those paragraphs out for the congregation. It already seems pretty complex as it is from what I get to look at in the pew. And so you don't need that. And you don't need it written or set to different chant tones, right? But I need all of that Mm -hmm. so that if I'm speaking it or if I'm chanting it, I have the right music or the right words in front of me. So there's all of that. And then there's, of course, the presider's edition that goes out on Sunday morning, a okay. big book. And so that's a really big copy of it. Is so that, that the fancy one that you walk in with? Absolutely. Okay. Or might already be up at the table. And it's a big one. And basically it's so that you can stand three feet away from it and read it. It's the large print edition? It's the large print edition. (laughs) With all the words and the tones and that kind of stuff in it. So I'd say it's probably at about 14 point font. Wow. I'll print my sermons at 16 point one and a half space. Mm -hmm. They're not that generous, but it's still Mm -hmm. a large enough print that you can be standing a good two to three feet away from it. And still be able to read it. So you can do what you need to do and hold your arms, how you're supposed to hold your arms, and still be able to read the material from a distance. I'm also going to point out that this is some pretty amazing wafer-thin paper that they use. (laughs) Because this is the most durable, thin paper you have ever known that you still can't really see through so you don't get confused by the pages (laughs) behind it. It's kind of an engineering feat. I had not thought about that. It's amazing. But you're spot on. It's Mm -hmm. very true. They do have a very excellent paper stock that they're using. These things are fairly dense. Yeah. I mean, the hymns alone, you're packing a lot in there. Yeah, absolutely. And there is, as you've said, so much more than just the hymns Mm -hmm. within our hymnal. So in the front matter, you find our rites for baptism. Mm -hmm. You find the liturgy around the sacred holy days. So Palm Sunday and Easter and the Vigil and Maundy Thursday and Good Friday, they're all in the front of the hymnal. There's also a copy of the entire lectionary in Mm -hmm. there. So all those readings that are going to be happening for every single Sunday, the lectionary is listed in the front of the ELW. So you can go and look up, okay, so this is going to be the first Sunday of Advent of year B, Mm -hmm. you can open your hymnal and you can see what the readings are going to be for the next month. You can find out what the reading options are for Christmas Eve. It's all in there. Mm -hmm. All the prayers for all the different days of the lectionary. So the beginning of the service, after I've said, the Lord be with you, let us pray. And Mm -hmm. that first prayer, it's called the collect. Because you don't make that one up, huh? No. Somebody else writes it. That's called the collect because it collects us in corporately. Okay. And I love using the propers for the prayer of the day mm-hmm. because then it connects us to all the churches around the world oh, okay. that use this. And yes, I could just make up a prayer for the prayers of the people 
that's extemporaneous. That's specific. Right. But the prayer of the day connects to the theme of the day mm-hmm. and connects to the readings for the day. And all across the nation, folks who use these resources are praying that same first prayer. I did not know that. So they are all listed. They're all in the very front of our hymnal. And I just use the one that's in the front of the hymnal. There's like one or two Sundays where the collect for the day is kind of difficult. Uh And so I might use one of the other prayers that's printed in the section, like a prayer for civil engagement or a prayer for time of mourning or... Would it be difficult because of the nature of the readings that are being done that day? Yeah. Okay. Sometimes there's just a couple of them, and I couldn't even tell you which weeks they are, that are written so bumpy that they're hard to actually say out loud. Oh, interesting. When you're actually writing to have things read aloud Mm -hmm. or either by one person or by a group, Mm -hmm. there are some words and some things that you don't add in because it's hard to speak them together. Mm -hmm. I remember going back and trying to read, I think it was Peter Pan to one of my kids. And because it was written so long ago, just trying to read that language out loud Mm -hmm. was so difficult. I'm like, I love you guys, but we're giving up on this one. (laughs) (laughs) Right? We're going to try a different version of something. And people, I think when it comes to some of that, the corporate calls to worship or corporate prayers, group prayers, that kind of a thing. Sometimes we want to get big flowery language and Mm -hmm. be really beautiful and all this kind of stuff. But when you get into multisyllabic words, Mm -hmm. it gets really hard for people to time that in Mm -hmm. the same way. And you start tripping over each other. And so Ruth Duck is a really gifted liturgical writer. Okay. And so is Susan Briel. These are two individuals who are really, really gifted. And they both encourage when writing for public speaking and writing for group speech that you keep it to one, two, maybe three syllable words. But sure. don't go crazy beyond that. Interesting. So you said it was updated in 2006. Why? Surely the hymns didn't go out of style. Oh, some of them did. Yeah. And some really great hymns came out. Okay. And also some of the language was really great to get updated. Oh, I can see the language being more of an issue. From the 1970s Mm -hmm. to 2006. It was time to kind of update and set the language up in some different ways. The music style shifted some. A lot of it was the options that were given. One of the things that many of us don't love about the change to the ELW is that a lot of the four-part harmony that was written in the LBW was removed in the ELW. That is my biggest complaint about this thing. Yeah. A lot of the harmonies were removed. I grew up in the Catholic Church where there was no harmony. Mm -hmm. A lot of the hymns were difficult to sing, but I had also started singing in high school, and I was loving going to visit my husband's, well, then boyfriend's Mm -hmm. church and getting to sing the four-part harmonies, Mm -hmm. especially in his particular family where it is like singing with the Von Trapps and everybody (laughs) picks apart and it's really fun to sit in the pew. Yeah. So for me, it was a huge bummer that that went away. Yeah. And it's a frustration. I think there are plenty of folks who are severely frustrated that those harmonies have been pulled. And a lot of musicians who complain about the loss of that educational piece. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think the reasoning for it, and you would need to ask someone on the committee, but space. Oh. A space issue. Like I said, it's a very dense book. And wanting to get more options into the hymnal in general and add more because there are a lot more hymns in there. And there's a lot more 
in the way of like resources, the small mm-hmm. catechism that's in there, the multiple prayers that are in there, all those things. I think they just were looking at space issues. Mm-hmm. And so they pulled out those four parts because that takes a lot of room it does. to have all four parts on those. So some of them still have parts, not all of them. Mm-hmm. It's also true that a lot of the more kind of mid-century and past, so anything written like 1950 onward, a lot of it is written for single voice. Oh, okay. So Marty Haugen, David Haas, Lori True, a lot of those folks who are writing contemporary corporate singing music they all write for single part. Okay. I'm not hearing a lot of, you know, multi-part pieces in there. And so you get great hymns like Gather Us In or On Eagle's Wings, hymns that people really love and enjoy, but they're not written to be sung in parts. Mm -hmm. And to give a tip off, they're written from the Catholics. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what songs you're talking about. <laughs> and they were all written for the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. And we like them enough that we use them. They were exactly the ones where I was thrilled to move from that to the four-part <laughs> harmony. <laughs> okay, my last question to you is this. Uh-huh. Because this is true whenever anything is updated. Do you hate the new version as much as everybody else does? Because it's one of those things when anything is updated, somebody's going to be mad one way or another. Totally. I didn't. Okay. But that's probably because I hadn't been in the denomination long enough to feel like betrayed that my favorite things had been changed. Sure. Right. And so that's the benefit of being new to something is that you don't mind when there's a big shift in change. Well, I was new to it. Uh And yet I was new to it in a family who'd been there from the beginning. Right. So they have the red and the green Uh and the cranberry. And probably the blue that came from before that. I'm sure. I'm Mm -hmm. sure. And there are stories and preferences for Uh each and every one. (laughs) Totally. But from my point of view, it was great to not have to print three out of four hymns and still have music that a contemporary ear can follow. So I did not mind the change. Okay, well, I'm going to add a slight addendum to this in that, are we going to ever get to the point where we don't have a hymnal? Because of the whole paper issue, because of everything being projected on screens? I think that there are lots of congregations that are hymnalless. Mm-hmm. In fact, when this came out, they made a way that you could buy the copywriting for it so that you didn't need to buy the actual hymnal. Oh, interesting. Because there were plenty of congregations that were just printing everything in their bulletin or putting everything up on screens mm-hmm. and had no reason to make the purchase. And so in some ways, it actually balanced out in the favor of those who buy the book oh, because it's a one and done purchase sure. versus an annual subscription. Oh, it's an annual subscription, Mm -hmm. not a one-time... Correct. You're paying for the copywriting to be able to reprint the materials every year. And so it's an annual subscription. Now, with that annual subscription, you get lots of other resources and capacities, but it's an ongoing cost to your congregation. And we don't have to pay that now. Interesting. Because we don't use that service. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about the hymnal. I look forward to sitting down with you another time on another topic. As do I. And thank you for joining us for today's podcast. You can listen to us via iTunes. We would love to receive a review from you. And you can always contact us at podcast at centralportland.org 
or find us on the website, centralportland.org, or you can find us on Facebook. It's wonderful to have you with us, and until we're back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.